What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to share some behind the scenes about Flip Hacking Live. And every week, what I want to do is I want to bring you like into my world about what I've got planned, what's going on, some updates as we lead up to this event, October 15th through the 17th. And remember, we are going virtual, so you do not have to miss this event. You can go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your tickets. Don't wait. The prices are going to go up soon from 297. Right now they're at 297. So I don't know when you're listening to this, but get on to fliphackinglive.com and grab them. So I just got off a call with the event planner. So we do these calls once a week, me, Vanessa, the event planner, their whole team and staff, and we go through different things. So uh, the last podcast, I talked a little bit about going through the program and setting up the first couple days and the speakers and things like that. And I'll be rolling out these speakers over the next, I don't know, in a couple weeks, we'll start um, announcing who some of the speakers are going to be. But today we worked on the swag box. So the box that we're going to ship out to everybody who has a ticket. And we have some really cool things that we're putting in there. Um, we're designing it just for you. If you're watching the podcast, I got some new t-shirts that I set up and stuff like that. Like I am really trying to figure out what we can send you guys to make it feel like you're there, like you're with us. Like I said, this is a virtual experience, like a 360 degree experience. And part of that is when you check into the event, you get a bag of stuff that you get to go through and figure out what's going to happen, what's coming up. And that's anticipation building before this event. So we, whether you live in Canada, South Africa, England, Guam, or here in the United States, wherever, we're going to be shipping you your box of stuff. And so I'm excited about what we're going to put in there. I'm not going to let the secret out of the bag, but I just wanted to give you guys like a little bit and a little taste of what we're doing. So we've got something put together really nice. We're going to pick a couple like uh, goodies for you and things that you're going to love to, uh, I don't know, like represent your community, represent things throughout these three days and kind of show off on screen as we all have our cameras on or kind of sharing and networking together. So um, I'm excited for it. I hope you guys are too. Um, we're going to spend a lot of time and effort and, and money putting these boxes together to send them out to you. And that's going to be one of the big things that we get to give to you guys along the way. So, all right, let's talk about the podcast today. Oh, get your tickets for packinglive.com. Don't forget. So um, let's talk about the podcast today. The, this is a big one on limiting beliefs on somebody who has run up against a wall, pushed through it, and had some times where they were questioning what was happening in their world. Are they doing the right thing? Are they going the right way? This is a fellow engineer, so him and I have a lot in common. And uh, he even linked up with another Altitude member in his market, and he talks about that relationship of somebody who was already in the seven-figure flipping world, and when he came into the seven-figure runway, how they helped kind of lift him up and, and uh, help him along the way. So it was really cool to hear that our members are working together and things like that in their own markets. So. I got Nate Braithwaite on the podcast today, and uh, he's one of our Seven Figure Runway store, uh, members, and we're going through these first deal stories. So we're continuing down this path of first deal stories, uh, some limiting beliefs, some challenges that came up, and uh, dealing with his first couple flips. So I hope you guys enjoy. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. And what we're doing right now is we're jumping into these first deal stories with some of our mastermind members, our Seven Figure Runway members. And you know, a lot of, they jumped in, in in October at Flip Hacking Live and some of them have done deals before, some of them haven't. This is new to some of them. So what I wanted to do was kind of like bottle these stories right now and then roll them out to you guys to give you some motivation about getting from that zero to one because getting from zero to one is just such a challenge sometimes. Sometimes it's really easy, but I'd say for the majority of us, it was a, it was a challenging time and a struggle to get that first deal. And I think once you get that first deal, like going on from there, it's a totally different ball game. So we're bringing on some of our members right now to talk about what it was like with their first deal. Some of them have been relatively uh, a normal deal. Some of them have been unbelievably challenged deals. So I'm excited to bring this series to you guys. And today I've got Nate Braithwaite and he came into our runway group and him and I have exchanged quite a few Facebook messages and talked about uh, some of the ups and downs that he's had in the business. And, you know, seeing him do his first deal was one of the 
highlights for me of this seven-figure runway program, which was brand new in October. And I've seen the ups and downs and the struggles from the newer members and the newer folks. And I'm, I'm excited to talk about some of those things today and hopefully smash some of the limiting beliefs and mindsets that you guys have that are listening that haven't done a deal and think it's like unreachable and impossible. So Nate, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you and um, I'm interested actually to learn more about your background and things like that today. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So, so why don't we, why don't we jump into a little bit of your, like your background? Um, you know, what kind of, you know, what's maybe your, your job, I think you have a full-time job, things like that. Like, what does that look like? And then what brought you into real estate? Start there. Okay. Um, first of all, Val, yes, I still do have my W-2 job. Uh, it's, I work for the Army Corps of Engineers. I'm a, a geotechnical engineer. Um, it's a good job. I mean, well-paying job. Um, like I got my master's degree and things like that. Um, what, I don't know, I'm not sure how far you want me to go uh, back, um, but I'm, I'm currently living in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, not from here. I'm from Utah. I'm from a big family. Um, one of the younger kids. And that, that's kind of what interests me in, in real estate and is that growing up, we didn't really have too much because we were a big family. And I, and I want that uh, ability to, I guess, rise above a little bit what, what I have um, to be able to provide for my family and uh, to have that freedom, I guess, is my, my why. Uh, so even though I do have a good career, um, I, I see the, the possibility of what real estate can offer me. Um, and like many people started with the uh, uh, rich dad, poor dad, reading something like that, or uh, getting on bigger pockets or something. That's where it, where it all starts. But I just kind of just slowly opens that 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 window that door of opportunity and it's kind of like a saying i like is once your mind has been changed by an idea it's it's impossible to unchange it and that's where i'm at right now um i've had my mind changed and and real estate is where i i want to i want to further that and expand that um so the way when I started real estate, I was actually deployed last year as a civilian can deploy uh, to Iraq. I was at a dam fixed, um, making it better, and, and we did finish that job and successfully. But there, I ran into a coworker who was who and her and her husband were flipping on the side, and I was just like, really? And she was giving me the numbers and how much she was making on these flips. And I was, you know, intrigued. I'm a handy guy. My dad taught me how to work and how to build things like that. That's why I became an engineer. And I spend my whole day behind a computer most of the time. But um, yeah, she, so she was telling me in detail about all the stuff that she and her husband were doing. And I, I was like, I can, I can do that. Why not? Why can't, why can't I do that? That's when I started um, looking at, you know, bigger pockets and started reading some books and, um, and when I got back, I I worked a lot, had a had a good chunk of change. I'm like, yeah, let's let's do this. Um, and I looked up a RIA on uh, a local RIA in Tulsa. Started asking some people questions, and and I heard on Bigger Pockets, you know, try to take people out for lunch and pick their brain, and and just try to get to to learn and feel the the situation here. Um, and that's how. I got into contact with uh, Amanda Howell, <laughs> and she's always really open. She's a member of Seven Figure Flipping. Um, she's been a member for what two years now, maybe more. Um, and she, she uh, she's very open with everybody and anybody about about real estate, anything. And I sat down with her for lunch in her office. She's asking me all these questions. What what are the kind of stuff you're you're reading? Um, who who you following? I'm, and I'm like, I like bigger pockets and all those type of people. She's like, they're good, but how about you try Brian Williams and Bill Allen and all these people? And so as soon as I left, I, you know, started checking you guys out. And the more I heard, the more I liked. Um, and that's, that's how I uh, got 
listening to your podcast. I haven't missed uh, an episode since. Um, and I, th those are really, the, your, your podcast is what kind of helps me get out of those lows because <laughs> the lows seem like they come daily almost, but they, they kind of help me keep my mind set and like, yes, you can do this. Yes, keep it, keep going. Um, and then Amanda also has a team, but a couple of their, her team couldn't make it to flip, flick, flip hacking live last October. So she's like, I have a couple of tickets. Do you want to go? I'm like, uh, sure, I'll make it happen. So I bought a ticket, bought the hotel. And for, for some miracle, I got my wife convinced to come with me. Um, and we made it work. We had, we have three kids. So uh, it's kind of a, a challenge. We had the, my mother-in-law watch the kids. And I knew that I needed to have my wife there <laughs> at the event because she is kind of one of the, she's very smart and she's, she, once I get her on board with something, she'll support me all the way. Um, so I knew that she needed to be there and we went, we had the time of our life for three days um, and we signed up for seven figure runway. Um, and then, yes, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. Let me let me take over for a second. So we, um, so let's go back. Okay. You said you're you're from a big family. Um, so how big how big is the big family that you're from? Let's give us some. I have four brothers and four sisters. So there's nine of us. Okay, nine kids. So came from a place of nine kids. You said you didn't have much, and you kind of wanted something different. And so you had a good job. You got a master's degree. Obviously, very well educated. Work for the government, uh, for the military. So you have. A good pay, good paying job that also is pretty secure. So, and it sounds like it's something that you really like to do, but you saw this opportunity in real estate and started uh, understanding that this could be the path to um, where you want to go financially and, and in the freedom side is what it sounds like. Is that fair to say? Correct. Okay. So then you started with the RIA, you started with the, um, the like rich dad, poor dad type setup, bigger pockets, some of the online forums, things like that. It sounds very similar to my path. My journey was very similar. I was, you know, picking up books, reading books and getting educated, which a lot of people, that's where they start. Right. And there's some kind of uh, confusion, misunderstandings there. Like you have to kind of figure it out. Right. So you met, you met an investor that just happened to be in, in our community and she was very open and honest with what she was doing, which is amazing. I know Amanda very well. She's fantastic. And I'd like to think that all of us are that like that. And um, so she's sharing uh, a lot about her business and things like that, you know, came to her office and she's, she's not in, is she in Tulsa also? Cheers. Okay. So you guys are both in Tulsa. So this is another investor that is in the same market as you and you're trying to do what she's already doing. Right. So typically like most people would say, well, I'm not going to share what's happening. So she shared it with you also uh, brought, were you working for her or with her or did you just come to flip Hacking live as kind of a guest? Cause you knew each other. At first, yeah, I was just a, a guest. Um, soon thereafter, I did start working for her as a project manager for one of her flips. Um, so that was a great opportunity also that she was willing to let me see and sit in on her, you know, group meetings and things like that. Yeah, that's, so. I, I think that's great. So she, you know, you were working with her on some projects and I kind of saw that transition happen. I, I've seen her comment on a ton of your posts inside the runway group too. <laughs> and so it's, it's not, it's not like, it doesn't seem like she's upset that you joined the program and are kind of going out on your own and working through this. It's the fact that, you know, she wants to be a part of it and sees that as, um, I have, I'll, I'll use an example. I have a couple people from my company who have gone out and done their own thing now and in a little bit different space, but Ryan Smith, who you saw at Flip Hacking Live, Lead Smith, he worked for me for three years and now he's running his own company, driving leads for other investors. And he's very successful doing that. He does a great job. His business is booming and it, it should be because he's killing it for other investors and driving leads and traffic for them. And then I've got Dee Dee Huey, who is my uh, original, my first person I ever hired who now runs a bookkeeping company for real estate investors and other small businesses. So it's just amazing to see. They've kind of called me up and said, hey, you know, it's time for me to go. And you see the people that you've had an impact on go out in the world and start doing big things. It makes you feel really good. Uh, I think, I mean, if you're a good person, I think it makes you feel really good. If you're not, it probably ma makes you a little bit upset. But it's really cool to see that, um, just that relationship that you guys have and her willingness to jump in and help you and probably be like one of the first people to respond on almost all of your posts that I see inside. The exactly. Program. It's amazing. And I feel, I feel like I can ask her anything and she'll 
be 100% open. Um, she'll give me what she has. Uh, I did have to, you know, sign a uh, an agreement that I wouldn't join her competition or anything like that or whatever, like some stuff like that. But I mean, she's even helped me with, uh, I don't know if we're going to jump ahead, but uh, a couple wholesale deals that I, that I organically, I didn't market, but they kind of fell in my lap, you know, neighbors, friends, things like that. She actually helped me to uh, market them and things like that and use her buyer's list. And uh, she helped me do, do that once, um, which was uh, very kind of her. I did, you know, throw her a bone once it did sell. I, I paid for paid her for it, but um, she was kind enough to do that. And even from the beginning, she was always saying, even in front of me, like, yeah, these Nate's he, he's helping out here, but uh, don't be surprised if he's off doing his own thing in six months and killing it and stuff like that. So she's she's always my biggest cheerleader as well. And and I can't thank her enough for it. It's awesome. And if you guys want to get to know Amanda, she has been on a previous podcast. She was also one of she was uh, spoke uh, briefly at Flip Hacking Live too uh, on uh, day two. It was really amazing to see her transformation over the last year and a half or so, two years. It's, it's just amazing. So, um, all right, Nate. So you, so you came to Flip Hacking Live having never done a deal. Is that right? Correct. Okay. So what did you think about that event? Like you, you got your wife to come, which is great. And you guys were there for three days. Like, what was that like? What did you expect it to be? And then what was it? <laughs> I expected it to be, you know, like those, uh, late night gurus promising, uh, the world yet uh, giving you fluff pieces that everybody kind of like general knowledge. And I thought it was, uh, you know, if you want a little bit more, pay a little bit more, we'll give you a little bit more that kind of a, of a, of a gimmick, but um, that isn't what it was. I mean, you do, you do put on a good show. I mean, I understand. And, and I, and I recognize some of the things that you do. I mean, you, you do, you do entertain and which is good. You have to have that, but um, you don't just do that. You actually provide quality content. Um, from from day one, it's or from the first speaker, you can tell that there was integrity, uh, there was honesty, openness, um, and it wasn't just one person or two people. It was everybody that was exuding those qualities that I want in my life and that I try to strive to to uh, to portray as well. And that's what I uh, uh, that's what sold me and my wife my wife on uh, on actually taking the plunge and actually. Uh, putting that forth. I mean, it's a lot of money, uh, but I saw the value that was there and the, the, the motivation, the, the accountability, uh, the, the help. Um, I, I know that you guys truly care. Yeah. I love that. So it's funny because you said uh, like, it's, it's interesting because everybody who's, it's their first time that's going and I asked them what they thought before they went, they all say the same thing. I think it's going to be this kind of like bait and switch, this gimmicky type thing, but they still come. Like people are still buying tickets and traveling and getting the hotel. <laughs> even that's what they think that they're getting. So it's, it's always nice to hear from you guys afterwards and say what you say and just that, Hey, it's, it was like a 180 from what I kind of expected it to be. And I really enjoyed it. And, and granted, uh, I am talking to the people who have joined our mastermind group. So obviously, you know, it's not an exact subset of, of who we see at the event, but I think ultimately even the people, like, there's no pressure to join. It's, it's your choice. It's, it's you or, and so I, I'm sure that if I have the conversation with the folks who, who attend and decide that it's not for them right now, then that's okay. I'm sure that like what I love is that if we can give 10 times the value of that ticket price and that whole trip, the travel, the hotel, I realize it's not easy to get out there. Like you have to leave your three kids, right? You and your wife came, you got to get an airplane ticket, you got to get a hotel. And so our, the goal for me is to make sure that even if you leave there, um, you, you realize that that can change your whole year next year, just implementing a couple things that you learned and were taught at that event. So it's always cool to hear what everybody says because usually they, they don't have very high expectations of this event. And so I don't really have to um, overwhelm them uh, from stage. So it's really cool to see the response that people have. So, so you decided to jump into the runway program, which was a new group that we just set up. And uh, like you said, it had some accountability. It has a Facebook group. It has some of my team doing coaching calls and things like that. Um, so what was it like in the beginning? Did you think it was going to be really fast to get a deal and using that uh, like the video series and things like that, you were going to immediately fall into it. And then what happened? Well, first of all, it is like drinking from the fire hose, especially coming from nothing essentially, except for what I've read and studied. Um, so yes, I, I was a little bit of a 
ooh, I got to set up a CRM, ooh, I got to do this, I got to do that, like everything that, that everybody was doing um, that are, have already have the systems in place and are doing 100 deals. But, but it, I quickly found out that I, I'm not at that stage yet and I need to uh, take it one step at a time. Um, I initially decided that I wanted to be a flipper, the flipper side as opposed to the wholesaler because that's what I'm familiar with and that's what I thought I mean, that's what I can understand a little bit more. Um, so I actually quickly got my first deal, um, relatively quickly. Um, Amanda actually helped me. She, she had this deal that didn't quite have enough meat on the bone from a, an acquaintance of hers. And she's like, do you want to try this? I'm like, sure. I'm at the point where I, I've done enough studying. I need to jump. And so I did it. Um, did a little bit, of, little bit of negotiation with the guy, not, not too much, but, um, I made it so that he could sell it and not lose money. And I started my first flip. Um, and that was in uh, December. And then I had another deal come along through the Facebook group that I thought was even a, a better group, a better deal than the first one. And I had uh, the money I, uh, set aside. So I'm like, sure, I'll, I'll go after this one too. So I, I decided to do two at the same time. I started that one in January. I'm still working on both of them <laughs> because um, as we all know, uh, things cost more and take longer than what we initially planned. Um, I don't regret doing it. Um, I'm learning a heck of a lot. I'm no longer, you know, un uneasy or scared of, you know, title um, companies, things like that. I, I, I'm, I learned the process. Um, so that's, that is good. And I'm, and I'm learning to uh, handle contractors. I mean, I, I work with heavy civil construction, so I work with those type of contractors. It's different when you're working with a drywall contractor. But yeah, I'm beginning to, to know what a good deal is, what is a bad deal, um, like that. And I'm also gaining the... Uh, the relationships with some of the the lower and not the you know uh, high priced people that are on billboards but you know the lower end people that are still do quality work yet are more affordable um so yeah uh, so let's let's talk uh, about that that's where i'm at right now i'm flips so let's talk about those flips you've got um uh, so one, one was somebody that Amanda knew that brought it to you and you bought it. And so uh, financing, did you pay cash for it? Were you comfortable with the numbers, like running the numbers? Did you need some help with that? How did that work? Uh, Amanda did help me run numbers a little bit. Um, and that helped a lot. Um, I still kind of paid too much for it in retrospect and she did kind of warn me of it you know that's why she didn't take it it was kind of borderline there and, but even then I don't regret it um, because I'm getting that experience and I just did it um, but yes I what was the other question I forget so kind of running the numbers so she helped run the numbers and then did you pay cash for it like how did you finance it and what was that process like was it uh, very okay. was it challenging for you kind of uh, overwhelming to get that first house and start it, or did you just jump? I I just jumped. Um, I did did do a little research and asked around who would what's a good bank that's a that real estate friendly bank, and I found one. Uh, I applied for it, went through the whole process, and then then somebody was like, "No, this one's actually better," and I <laughs> applied through another one, and so the second bank I actually ended up using because they were a little bit better. Um, so. It, it was almost too easy. <laughs> it's just like fill this paperwork and here's your money. And it's all of a sudden, boom, you have this, this house. Um, but, but then things start, you know, the bills start adding up. Um, it's easy okay, to work so, with that bank. So that bank is like a local bank that would finance a renovation project for you Correct. with no interest? Correct. Yes. Uh, and I have got 85% of the loan and rehab. The other 15% I paid out of my pocket. Um, and I paid for clothes, clothing and bank fees, things like that. But um, I had it in the, in the bank. So, so what kind of interest rate is that? Do you, do you know? Ugh. It was a, uh, holy cow, five or 6%. I, okay. I should know so that that's, that's, that's good enough. That's good enough. It's like, I, I, I'm sure there's a bunch of people that are listening right now are going, whoa, 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 whoa back it up. Like this guy's never flipped a house before <laughs> brand new. 
and he just got 85% of the purchase price and rehab at 5% interest from the bank. Like, how do you do that? The way I did that is that I have a good paying job that I had money in the bank. Um, the easiest way to uh, get a loan is when you don't need one, you know, uh, at least that's, I do need the loan, but you know, I, I had the money in the, some money in the bank and a, and a good job. So that's how I got that, that. Yeah. And knowing that you can go to uh, like a commercial uh, vice president at a regional or local bank and they will finance projects like this, you know, um, yeah. depending on who, what's your credit score, what's your, there's a lot of paperwork that has to get filled out with that stuff, but I've gotten great. I just did a, a four, um, four townhouses next to each other and it was almost all financed by a bank. We came up with the rehab, uh, some of the rehab costs and about 15% of the down payment like you have, but uh, pretty much, you know, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars of that came straight from the bank at four and a half percent interest. It was amazing. So it's possible, guys, if you're out there like banging your head against the wall, the hard money lenders are are really expensive doing points in 12 percent and two points. You can go to a regional bank, but you also have to look at who you're buying the project from. So does it need to close really quickly because the bank is going to take, I don't know, most of my regional banks will take three to four weeks to do projects like that. So some of the guys that are our mastermind group, that's, they work exclusively with a regional bank at a line of credit of a couple million dollars. As you start building um, some trust with them, you start doing some more volume. So that's awesome. So, and did you do the same thing for your second one? The one you did in January, did the bank finance that correct. one too? Um, correct. Uh, although I did have to get a little creative with my side of the money. Um, I actually did, um, took a TSP loan, uh, their saving plan loan, essentially 401k. Uh, loan for from the government so um so yeah i'm paying that back through my paycheck and i hope to pay it back once i sell the house that's uh so the first flip that i ever did i used a tsp loan to finance my project and the best part is you're paying interest back to yourself and for you um, i will tell you right now is probably the best structure that you could have done you are going to make a ton of money buying back in on the, uh, you know, as you add your money back to your TSP right now with the stock market down like it is, you're going to be buying back and making money on your loan. It's amazing. Same thing happened to me. The stock market dropped quite a bit. And when I was buying back in on my funds, the fund price had dropped significantly from when I pulled it out. So if you think about that, this is a, could be a, a blessing in disguise for you right now. So um, hey, look, if it makes you feel any better, I just, uh, we just sold one of our rehab projects that we've had in inventory for a long time. It took us a year and a half to get one of the projects done and sold. So I don't know if it makes you feel any better, but we, we are supposed to know what we're doing and we still <laughs> hold on to the projects too long, spend too much money. We lose money on some of the jobs. This was a, this was a challenging one for us that uh, it just wasn't, wasn't ideal for what's happening and very inefficient. So um, one of them's December, one of them's January. Where are you at on these projects now? Uh, the first one I started in December, I'm out of the, uh, bank money. I'm kind of, I kind of, I, I, overestimated or underestimated what it would cost. So I'm just kind of having to do more of the work myself than I would like. And just trying to get it done as fast as I can to sell. I mean, I got most of the big things taken care of by contractors and it's looking good. It's just, it's just dragging on a little bit more than I like. The second one, um, it's still mid, mid, uh, mid rehab and, and I'm just trying to work with the contractors. They're, they're slowing down with all of this uh, COVID-19 stuff. And I mean, it's understandable a little bit, but I still need a lot of fire under them and get them started. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's where those two are. Okay. So you have a projected completion date on these? Ugh. I, I had one, but I, I passed it and I didn't reset it. So, <laughs> okay. So next step, next step, obviously we'll take the time to do a little coaching here. So next step is to, you know, hit some deadlines, put them out there. So you have something to work towards. That's the, I think that's the thing that got us on a lot of these projects. What we, what we saw was we saw that we were trying to get the ones that would make us the most money out. And we've had our focus. We shifted our focus off of these, a couple of these dog type projects. And they just kind of sat on our balance sheet and inventory for a long period of time while we made money somewhere else. And the struggle that we had was that when we came back to this, now we're realizing this kind of uh, hit or loss or things like that. But that cash that could come back into our bank account, there's a lot of opportunity costs that we lose there. So what happened was 
that, you know, we just got like a half million dollars back in the bank from a couple of flips that have been sitting on the books for a while. That's money that could have been making a lot more money uh, for us if we had just got it finished. So that's a big push that I'll give you. And I, I, I know what it's like, believe me, I've been uh, the guy who's had a full-time job and was stopping at the job site every single day on the way to work, on the way home from work. It was getting frustrating and I had to, you know, because I didn't have the money to hire the big GC. I had done the same thing, underestimated rehab costs. My numbers were a little off and stuff. So I've been there, believe me. And, and, I, and I am feeling the, uh, the uh, my funds are all tied up. I want to start something else, but I can't. I, and I'm just waiting <laughs> almost. Yeah. I don't like so, that. Okay. So what have you learned along this process? Like some of the things that if you could go back and give some advice to the people who are just getting going, like these aren't like, these are, st you still have a couple projects that are in inventory and we'll talk about some of the wholesale deals and some of the other things that you've done since then. But what's some advice that, and looking back in retrospect, some of the things that you think that you wish you had done differently that hopefully somebody can take and say, okay, I'm, I can learn from Nate to not make these same mistakes on projects again. Um, there's a few things. For example, I wish I was better at, um, determining my, um, aftermarket value ARV. Um, I would have, I mean, even if you're not purchasing the profit property, just practicing, figuring out what ARVs are around the town, uh, or within a half mile of a property that you're, you're interested in things like that. I wish I would have, uh, I don't know if there's, no substitute for just doing it and, and trying it out. Um, I wish I would have on the second one had a little better uh, schedule uh, from the get-go. I kind of dragged my feet there at the beginning and it just sat there for a couple of weeks with I purchased it and nobody's there doing anything and that kind of stuff. Um, I also am learning to get out of my own way. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a perfectionist. I like to do things. I'm an engineer exactly the way I want, but I got to get out of my own way. And, 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 uh, if I want something done in a timely manner, uh, I, I got to know what, what's good enough and, and then let, let other people, uh, do the work. Cause I mean, I can't, I can't build a business by me doing it, doing everything. Um, so that's, that's another one. I can relate um, to that. I can absolutely relate to that. I feel like, um, and maybe it is the engineer side of things, you know, having the same background as you um, from the uh, educational side is I was all, I always try to um, like everything. Sometimes it has to be just right. And it's sometimes like done is good enough and let's move on. And uh, so, and I'm always trying to learn things myself and do them myself and try to figure it out. Like the mechanical engineering side of me is like, I need to, I need to understand how this works. And instead of letting the professionals do what they do and, and spending my time actually determining who that person is that I want to work with, like who is the good person and then go all in on them. And so that's what I've learned over time is to, there's, there's people out there that are 10 times better than me at, at lots of different things. And I have to accept that, but I also need to take my time finding that person. So I, a lot of times I would just kind of jump in and work with the wrong person because they said the right things in the beginning, especially contractors. I'm sure you've had some experience with that. Like the contractors are, they can, they can, they can hurt your project and, and hurt what you're doing. So um, what did you do right? So what are some things that you did right that you would say, <laughs> Hey, I did this. Like I'm going to pat myself on the back and also recommend that you guys go do that too. Well, first of all, I got started. I just did it. Uh, I did, I did my research. I did my, some, I'm not going in there blind, uh, but um, I got to a point where I figured I can't learn anymore from a book and I need to, to act. And so I'm not afraid to act obviously. Um, but I also am also, also continuing to keep my ears open. I mean, like I said, I have these two wholesale deals as well that are actually closed. I earned, I made $5,000 on each of them and that's, I wasn't even marketing. I was just helping a neighbor move because her husband passed away and oh her daughter needs to sell a house too i'm like okay and i helped her out um it was a fixer upper um and the other one kind of just fell into my lap I, I i tried to stay active on the the local ria website or online group and a lady from florida 
calls me out of the blue saying, I got a wholesale deal in floor in uh, Oklahoma. Are you interested in JVing with me on this? And I'm not sure. I, I could have said no, um, but I, I said yes. And I, I were, we were able to uh, successfully do that. And I'm, we each made $5,000 on, on the, on the deal. Um, out of a uh, very minimal <laughs> uh, effort on my part, um, as far as, all I had to do was show up to the house a few times. I actually helped the lady move because she was nice and old um, and had the truck and trailer. Um, but yeah, I was, I was willing to do what needs to be done. So, so let's jump into that. And I, so I think you totally nailed it. And if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. You just said, you, you join in October, you come to Flip Packing Live, and you, December comes, and you could have said, ah, I don't really, I'm not sure about the numbers. This is not for me. I, I, I really want this home run deal. And you said, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. Let's go. And then you weren't even afraid the next month to buy another one, right? And you figured it out. You got creative with some of the financing and you figured it out. And yeah, you're going through a process right now and a journey of getting these two houses finished. But when you come out of this, you're going to have so many lessons learned and the things that you did. And the person that's sitting on the sidelines still is not making any progress towards growth or, um, or where they want to be. They're not getting any closer to that destination that you want to be. And when I look back, I made so many mistakes. I still own a piece of land that I bought when I first got started because I had no idea what I was doing. And somebody convinced me that it was a good deal. And there's lots of things that I wish I would have done differently. And I've lost money on deals. I've had six, I've had big ups, big downs. That's the, that's the thing with this business. It's, it's a roller coaster sometimes and being the business owner, but I get to control what I do and what, what I make and, and the whole structure and, and all those things. So I wouldn't tra trade it for the world. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of the, I look back sometimes and say, you know what, if I just knew what I know when I was 20 years old, I, I, I'd be in a totally different place right now. But all of that stuff that I did, all of those things, that whole journey that I went on, it's so important to, to, to land where I am now with all of the things that I've learned and all the knowledge that I have and information. That's something that nobody can take from you. So even if you break even, lose a little bit of money, make a little bit of money on these projects, that's experience that nobody can take from you. And it, you will come out of that bigger, badder, and stronger to go into the next project to learn and not make those same mistakes again. And hopefully you take those lessons like taking action. I love that. That's so big. Now, you said that these other deals just kind of fell in your lap. Like, okay, I, I'm not going to let you off that easy. Like, I want to know, like, what were the things that you were doing? You had to put yourself out there. You had to do some things for these things to fall in your lap. And then you also had to have some experience to know how to identify that this has potential profit written all over it. So tell us a story on like maybe one of those wholesale deals or, or both of them and just take us through a little bit of what happened because I think the listeners could say, well, hey, I, I actually have somebody at my church that, um, that is, needs some of this help or I have somebody that I bumped into or a family member or a friend that it sounds just like this, that I would have no idea what to do with it if I hadn't listened to this podcast. Okay. Um, the first one, um, a lady from my church, her, her husband passed away suddenly heart attack, random and quite sad actually. Um, and cause they just barely moved into their house like a year before. And, and it was like their, their retirement house, dream house, stuff like that. It was, it was sad. So essentially she lost a lot of her income due to that. And I was over there helping her move, um, helping her clean the place up. And I'm like, do you guys, what are you guys gonna do with the house? She's like, I'm just going to sell it. And looking at the house, it was in pretty good shape. It's only a year old, like I said, not a year old, but they've only had it a year. So it was still pretty good. I'm like, I, I don't think I can help you with this. I, I can hook you up with a real estate agent, which I did. And she was happy that I did. So I formed that relationship with a real estate agent. But um, I was like, okay, um, what are you, what are your plans? Uh, where are you going to move? And she's like, oh, my daughter, uh, I own a house in another, in another town and we're going to move there. And my daughter is going to move there with me. And I'm like, uh, and then I have just followed up with additional questions and it turns out that her daughter had another house and they're all consolidating essentially three houses into one. And uh, I asked her if she needed help selling that other house. She's like, yeah, but it's in rough shape. <laughs> I'm like, perfect. That's <laughs> what I do. I can, I'll love to, uh, get in contact with her and, and, um, see what I can do. Uh, this lady made me work for my money though. I, I first contacted her in December and she's the kind of person that just, you know, contacts you whenever she feels like it doesn't respond to you. But I, I, I stuck with her. Um, initially I was thinking like, this might be a good, good flip, but then 
my money was tied up in those other two houses, so it didn't, didn't work. So I'm like, okay, maybe I'll try and wholesale it. Um, these other guys make it look easy. No. Uh, uh, so then I started to talk with Amanda and uh, see if she can help me. And she did help me market it. The first time I marketed it, crickets, nothing. <laughs> it, was, it was, I don't know what happened. It was just a bad time. So I, I kind of uh, kicked the, ro uh, the, the rock down the road in another month. And then we tried again. And um, actually one of the people that went to it the first time came back the second time and, and they're the ones who, who purchased it. Um, they, we did lower the price and stuff like that. I, I had to realign my uh, uh, expectations for what I was hoping to get out of it. Um, and I did make $5,000 out of it. Um, and I made it so that the owner got, I think almost $5,000 out of it from above what she already owed. So it was a win-win for both of us. Um, and it was a great deal for the person who bought the home. Um, it was all in all though, it was like a four month process. I had to bird dog it pretty closely, but, but, um, so, it was worth it. so one question I have as you're talking is how did you know how to have that conversation? So, you know, the, 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 the mother, right. You were working with her and then she mentioned something that kind of made your ears perk up and say, Oh, Hey, maybe I can have that conversation with your daughter. And then you had that conversation. Cause I go back to some of my early deals as you're talking, I'm, I, I have a deal that is almost just like this. And I know how, how, how I knew to go do something or, or I was actually like put on that path. I made that right turn for a reason to go to that house. And I'll tell the story in a second, but there was something about it that, that, there was a reason why I did it. Like, how did you know to keep going and keep digging down this hole? Like, was it something that you had seen or how did you know? I know to kept, because I, I, in reality, I just wanted to help them out. Um, I just wanted to fully understand her situation and, and help her out. Um, Cause she was in dire straits and, and I just followed all the loose ends to the end and found out that her, her daughter did have a house that, was in rough shape and they need to get rid of it. Um, so that's, that's my, my wife helped a little. She, she became good friends with also, also with this old lady and she had the conversations as well. And, and uh, so something in there showed you guys an opportunity to not only help somebody and do something that you can to, to get, to move them forward in a time of need, but also to see an opportunity as a potential investment for you guys. So for, for me, like uh, my, my second flip was, a, um, was an estate sale. So I remember exactly where I was. I can, I can feel myself and see myself in the car driving home. I had dr driven this route back from the base. I was in Pensacola, Florida, and we had just moved there. And I'd been looking for a, a deal for like six months. I couldn't find anything. I was looking for a, a house to flip. I just couldn't find one. And I'm driving this route that I drove every day for six months from the base back to my house. And there was a sign in there that said a state sale uh, to the right. And I was in my flight suit. I could just coming back from work. I, I was flying all day and I'm coming back home and I have a, I have a baby at home. I think Will was probably like, I don't know, four to six month, months old at the time. It's just, he's our first son. And I said, you know what? Like, I'm going to make this right. I saw the sign, make this right. I'm going to just go check this out. And I pulled into the driveway there was one other car in there and there was some people inside with a bunch of stuff that they were selling and it was an older house. It was, it needed some work for sure. Um, it was old, very outdated, like uh, updated in the eighties probably. So 25 years old at the time or so and, um, or thir 35 at the time. And so I, um, I knew that there was an opportunity there. I knew that I needed to follow that sign because I had heard that somebody has bought a house in an estate sale before. I listened to so many podcasts and people were like, a estate sale is a great place to find houses. And so that, that word and that sign, like normally I would never go into somebody's house. Number one, in my flight suit, right? Number two, uh, so I just looked around the house, started talking to them. They had this old blue jacket manual, which is an old uh, military uh, manual, if, if you're listening, of, um, of like the rules and regulations of the military in there. And this thing was an original from her husband's uh, day in the Navy. So I started talking to her about this, this manual. And I said, I said, are you selling this? 
And she said, yeah, she said, yeah, I'm selling all those books and, and things. I said, you know what? I said, this would mean a lot to me to buy this and put it next to mine because mine is a lot newer than this, right? So I have this, this old blue jacket manual from like the, it's things from like the seventies. And I still have it uh, up on, on my shelf right next to mine. And that started a conversation of, hey, what happened? Where are you going? What's going? And her son was there and her grandson was there. And then I started talking to him and he said, you know, mom doesn't really, I said, what do you guys can do with the house? Well, a realtor is going to come over in a couple of days. I said, well, you know, I'd like to have an opportunity to talk to you about it. I, I, I renovate and resell houses from time to time on my downtime. And uh, I'd be, I'd be very interested, gave him my card. And three days later we had a conversation and we, we started moving forward with that process. But for me, like if I hadn't done any education or listened to any podcasts or attended events and things like that, I would have never known to make that right. It's like at a state sale to me, it's just like people selling old stuff, right? So I had heard of people doing this before and that's what allowed me to basically be told to make that right. Like go make that right. There could be something over there. Go hunt over there. There's something. And just like you, I came from a place of being genuinely interested in what the family is doing. And some of this, like I picked up three or four books from there that I still have today. And it was a very profitable deal for me, but I needed to, I knew that people made money doing that stuff. And I think like listening to you, it reminds me a lot of this, like you would never have that conversation had you not been exposed to something months before or started educating yourself, you would have said, oh, hey, well, I mean, I set you up with a realtor or something like that, or I'm sure that realtor that I can refer you to here would also sell your, your daughter's house. But you saw something in an opportunity because you probably have heard that somebody else had already done it. Like it has happened before. This is possible. It, it can happen. You can actually wholesale a house. You can start seeing an opportunity and a, a vision for something that you never would have seen before, right? It's an area that you didn't even know existed before you opened your eyes to this world. In reality, I would have, I would have just uh, probably went, ugh, this place is a hole. <laughs> yeah. And walked away. That's probably what I would have done. Yeah. So, so what happened, I think, is you, you get, start getting this experience. You start understanding. You, you're believing that it's possible. So you kept digging like down another layer and down another level and another level. And now your wife is on board helping you out. Like, hey, we, need, we, should, we should see if we can help them. And, and just like you said, when you come from a place of like genuine help and you want to support them and figure out how, then you know, you're actually, you go a lot further for those people and you take it one step further and you try even harder. Like it's, it might, at that point, it probably was just as much about making $5,000 as it was making sure that this woman got some help and she made $5,000, right? So that's, I think that's where a lot of times we get a bad rap in that we're just trying to take the money and take advantage of people and things like that, where I'm sure she came to closing and was like super thankful for you. She probably told you and was like, oh my gosh, I, I'm so thankful that you helped me out through this. Definitely, definitely. Um, and once again, uh, on the... Uh, knowing what is possible and how to how to move forward or, or having the courage to move forward that second one um like i said it a lady just out of the blue called me from she saw my name on a on the uh, facebook group and she asked me do you wholesale houses i hadn't wholesaled the house before i mean this other one hadn't gone through yet and i'm just like yeah <laughs> i i can i can probably help you out there kind of like uh, um I was thinking in my mind, should I give this to Amanda or should I take it? <laughs> and I'm like, sure, I'll give it a try. And um, I was able to help this little lady sell her house. It was, it was a difficult one. It was kind of out in the, in the sticks. Uh, it was two and a half acres, but it was a mobile home out in, that was in a decent condition, but it was out in the middle of nowhere. But we were able to, um, to uh, market and, and find a buyer. Um, and I, was, I had the courage to say yes. And um, now I actually invited her to uh, Flip Hacking Live in, <laughs> in Orlando since she's from Florida. So nice. hopefully she'll come. Awesome. My, so wife, my wife may not be able to come. So I, may, I, I bought the two tickets for, uh, for this coming to 2020. And, and I may give her my extra ticket now. There you go. And who knows, maybe she's going to give you two or three more JV deals out of it, right? Maybe. Because she'll figure out how to market and make, find more deals. So I think that, you know, the interesting thing with that one, I think is for me, I, I didn't actually like become and own something until I saw some success. So part of my struggle was I had this like secret identity for a while 
where I didn't want to say that, yeah, I wholesale houses. Of course I do. Or yeah, I'm a flipper. I, I wanted to prove myself and really like get to some point before I announced that this is who I was or what I did. And I think a lot of people go through that. They have this identity crisis struggle. And in the beginning, you're trying to, you're trying to raise money if you're a flipper and you're trying to build a buyer's list if you're a wholesaler. So if you don't own that and become it before you actually become it, then you can't actually raise the money. You can't put yourself out there. You can't, you can't, um, you can't market your a buyer's list and build that up as a wholesaler if you don't actually own it. Like for me, I said, well, I'm just going to find some deals first and then I'll start marketing them and saying that I'm a wholesaler. Well, a lot of times you got to put the cart before the horse sometimes and actually become that thing that you want to be before you actually do it. So I, I would commend you on that. And I would say to you, you probably would have told her no or passed it off had you not had the experience of getting another house under contract before that or doing a couple flips and jumping in. So experience and just I'm all, almost like the, the, like your personal expectation of that experience, like the fact that you own it yourself and start putting it out there. Next thing you know, opportunities start showing up. Like the, when, you, when you become that thing, like you, you could have come to Flip Hacking Live in October and say, you know what? I'm a flipper. And then what happens is these opportunities start presenting themselves. And that October, if you said, I don't know if this is really what I want to do, and you go back to work and you just keep going, then you don't see, the, you don't look through the lens that you look through when you actually become that thing in your mind. And your mind is a really powerful tool in all of this. Like I know that you've, I would say from all of this, I hope, like, I don't know if, Let's, let's talk about that. What, have you hit some kind of barriers, like mindset type struggles through all of this? And if so, like, what do you think that you could share with some of the listeners to help them get through it? Because this is not an easy road. If anybody says this is a get rich quick program and, and system and, and business, they're probably selling you something and it's probably not any good because this is really, it takes time. It takes, um, it takes experience. It takes understanding. You have to go through the process to get there. And a lot of times we hit walls. Definitely. Yeah, I've, I've hit my fair share of walls and I will continue to do so. Um, like I said, I'm experiencing a wall right now, just trying to get those two houses complete. It's, it's frustrating and, and to see all these, you know, expenses coming in and nothing going, or expenses going out and nothing coming in. Um, and I mean, let's talk real. I, I did even wrote you guys an, an, an email. Like, I'm not sure if this is for me. Um, but, uh, gratefully, um, you guys took a, a few days to respond to me. Uh, let me cool off, I guess a little, a little bit. And then, and that's when these, um, wholesale deals started falling in, into place and, and it kind of raised my spirits back up and like, yeah, this is possible. So I, I've had income now <laughs> and, um, and it's still, still rough, um, but I also, I don't know, I never thought wholesaling was for me, but now that I've actually wholesaled a couple, I'm kind of leaning towards wholesaling over, over, um, over flipping. Um, so I'm, I'm actually, once I get my money back from these two, two uh, houses, I'm, I plan on beginning with probates, uh, probate investing. Um, that uh, woman who, what's her name? Lassiter Lyons? Sharon. Sharon. That's the other one. Sharon, yes, yeah. um, I'm I'm working with her, thanks to you, um, and yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to that. I, I think that that would be a little bit more along what I would I like, and and um, oh yeah, it's been a struggle, and it, and but i I'm excited for what the future can hold. So, you know, one thing that I think this, this business has very big ups and downs and swings and stuff like that. It can really mess with our, um, we, it's like, I don't know, there's, there's a quote that uh, Brian Buffini uses on his podcast a lot. He talks about it. Uh, so he's, he, he's not the one who, who <laughs> created this quote, obviously, but he says it all the time and I absolutely love it. But it's like everybody wants to get to heaven, but nobody wants to die to get there. And he talks about the real struggle and mindset that a lot of this stuff happens is it, like everybody wants to be successful in the real estate business, but we don't want to go through the trials and tribulations to actually get there. And there's a lot of ups and downs and we have to see our way through it in order to come out stronger on the backside of it. And what I, what I see a lot of times is we need the support of 
and help of each other. Like we really need that emotional peer-to-peer network and support. And I, I hope that's what you felt like you got when you emailed me and my response came. Because look, uh, the funny thing is, Amanda has sent me a very similar email to what you sent me. And she, we, she talked about it on the podcast that I did with her. And what I find is we, we all get there at some point. It doesn't matter how successful you are. You have limiting beliefs and mindset struggles and, and walls that you're going to hit. And usually what that wall is, is it's the path to progress. It's the path to, you're, you're reaching a ceiling and you have to bust through that ceiling to get to the next place. And it's growth. Like when we were kids, we, we, as we grow, we have these growing pains, right? And like my, my little babies, uh, James and Lucas right now, when they're going through these growth spurts, they're waking up at night and crying and feeling uncomfortable and things like that. You know, when, you're, when your kid's sleeping really well and the next thing you know, they're waking up on a regular basis. Will had these like terrifying screams for like a week or 10 days. And me and my wife were saying, I don't know what's happening, but it was all this change and this uncomfortability when we moved from Pensacola to Nashville and James was in the hospital and my wife was in the hospital. I was renovating our master bathroom because I thought it was a good idea. And James was having surgery and all these things were happening and he was uncomfortable because it was different. And I think that's what happens with us a lot of times. So what we need to do is just be honest with ourselves about where we want to go and what, where, who we want to be and then find the support and actually lean on those people that are there for us. And hopefully that's what you felt a couple times, but I've seen it with, and you're not alone but a lot of times we feel like we're alone. Like I'm the only one going through this. I'm not struggling. I'm struggling. Nobody, everybody else is doing great because inside the Facebook group, everybody's talking about how great it is and how much money they're making. They're showing checks. They're talking about their wins. But you know, this is an interesting podcast because I hope that people that are listening, they see it's not always an easy path, right? You've, you're doing deals. You had a couple successful wholesale deals, which is incredible. You've still got some flips that are going on that didn't go exactly the way that you planned. And so it's not always perfect. Like you might listen to these other, like, I don't know, you might listen to one of my podcasts or somebody who did this incredible deal and is, is bragging about how awesome it is. But that is, that's the, the surface of the iceberg, right? There's like 90% under the waterline is everything else that's going on. And it's the stuff that a lot of people don't talk about. So hopefully what this does for those of you who are listening and haven't done a deal before is realize that that journey that you're on right now and that struggle that you're having, it's okay. Like it's normal. It took me four and a half months to put my first money in the bank. I spent $22,500 before I put my first $9,900 in the bank as a wholesaler. Like that, is, that struggle is challenging. That was marketing. That was uh, staff. That was some overhead and expenses. And that wasn't even including the $25,000 that I spent on the mastermind group. So now we're close to 50 grand and I hadn't put any money in the bank before. Most people would quit after two months, three months, four months four and a half months, like, oh, finally, you know, it happened. And that was zero to one. That first wholesale deal for me was the catalyst to build the business that you guys hear now. A couple hundred deals a year, you know, anywhere from 150 to 200 for the last three years in a row. And we're on pace to do something just like that this year. So if, what would have happened if, if you quit at month three or month four from all that? Like not, you never know where you would have been. So my challenge to anybody that's listening is if you're going through struggles or you have enough tough time, and I don't know when we're going to put this out exactly, but right now we're in the middle of this kind of uh, lockdown for coronavirus. People are inside. The economy is struggling a little bit. We're not, people are losing jobs. It's a little bit uncertain about the future. So wherever we are in all of this, though, there is an opportunity there for us specifically. We live in a distressed world. We live in distressed sellers, distressed homes, things like that. The homes are not necessarily getting extremely more distressed right now, but the sellers likely are. And we have the opportunity, like Nate talked about, to help them. So now's the time where we can actually go in and we can help some people. And we can figure, if we can come with that attitude of help and how, how can we help you get through this, then we can we, we have a successful business. We can make money. There's opportunity there. So there's, uh, I don't know where you are when you're listening to this or in your journey or your struggles or you're very successful right now, but there's going to be ups and downs in this business. And like, I, I'm actually incredibly proud of you. I'm really excited for you because I know what this is like. Like this, this is, you're, you're, you're becoming like professionally calloused as a real estate investor. And it just makes all of these bumps and bruises so much easier along the way because we have to go through them at some point. And I mean, I can't count the number of times that I've learned along the way from issues and struggles and pain and challenges and people quitting and getting fired, uh, going through all these struggles with contractors and, and money lenders and all kinds of stuff. But 
all those things are things that I learned along the way that I'll never have to go through again because I'm not going to make those same mistakes again. So um, I'm excited for you. I'm, I'm really pumped up. I think I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what these two flips look like as you get through them. And I'm, I, I really will encourage you to continue to lean on the group for that help and, and that accountability and really push you towards that because um, we don't want to leave any, like no man left behind, right? As military guys, it's like, we don't, we, we want to see everybody come, come along with us. Let's go together. And how can we help you uh, become accountable? So I'm excited for, we have a virtual event coming up on Friday and Saturday of this weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. And I know that we're going to share a lot of stuff on the flipping side of things for project management, rehab costs, uh, scopes of work, stuff like that, to make sure that these projects are more profitable, done on time and all those things. So, um, okay, before we go, uh, I'd like to just ask, um, if there's somebody who's kind of like on the fence of coming to Flip Packing Live this year in October, like what would you say to them and what do you think they would get out of an event like that? I would say to them that it is worth it, that there's so many ways that the, the seven-figure group can help you. Um, things that I've benefited from are uh, the accountability groups, the 12 week accountability groups. Um, I, I really like getting the one-on-one with a, with a small group of people um, to commiserate together and, and learn and grow together. Um, and all the little things, just like, for example, like how to get the most out of a deal from the front end and from the back end and things like that. You wouldn't even, you know, think about like for example that se- that for second um wholesale deal i was dealing with the, the woman who wasn't in our group and i was mentioning these things that like shouldn't we you know like advertise like market this this way and she she's like yeah that, that might actually be a good way, good way to do things so, uh, so all these, these little little tricks and things that will will help hone and 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 make you more efficient, more profitable, um, all these types of things. I mean, they don't hold back any, you don't hold back anything uh, from, from uh, your business. You, everything is wide open. No question is taboo, which, which I love. Um, and genuine, uh, genuinely people care um, that you succeed. That's and awesome. I, I, even, I even like the things like, you know, you, you guys sent a shirts or, or even like, pajama bottoms or whatever oh did I, i'm not supposed to say that i don't know it's um, okay this is going to come out after the event so and, and it's funny let's let's talk about this so okay. we have a virtual event this is our first virtual event we were supposed to be in atlanta this weekend on friday and saturday but with all the covid19 stuff i think we took the event virtually because we couldn't travel so um we had this idea we we're sending a box of things to our members and we had a t-shirt and we have a, like a, a workbook that we're going to work through for the event for both days and we, um, we, we included like, uh, I think we included some gummy bears because we're going to be sitting at our desk all day and we included some popcorn. And so Nate doesn't know what we're going to do with the popcorn yet, but there's also a little squirrel, like a little, um, squirrel that you can squeeze, um, when you're angry. My daughter already stole it. Yeah. Good. So, and then I said, so I saw all this stuff and I said, you know what we need? We need pajama pants because we're going to be on Zoom all day and we're going to be wearing like a nice shirt. I'm going to have like a button down shirt and I need pajama pants on so I can get a picture of my like Zoom attire from my uh, office with pajama pants uh, underneath my desk and then my like um, dress shirt and, uh, and jacket and stuff like that because I'll be dressing up a little bit. So it was kind of a joke, but we, we like logoed all these pajama pants with the 7F logo and sent them to all of our members. So the big thing was it. we didn't have any of their, their pant sizes. We only had their shirt sizes, but we improvised and figured it out. So, um, so that's the story behind that. But um, yeah, I, so I, I love that, Nate. I mean, I, thanks for sharing. I really appreciate that. I think that like th- those three events are exactly the three days at Flip Acting Live, exactly what you said, where um, you should be able to leave there and have those tips and tricks and take them back to your business. Whether, you know, you want to come along with us for the ride with the mastermind group or not. Um, like I said, it's not a, it's no, there's no hard sell there. It's a, it's an opportunity. If, if it's something that you're interested in doing as a seven figure runway member, we close that group um, in October at that event, we close it and then we keep it. This is the first time we've ever closed it for the year. And what I wanted to do is I wanted to take 
some of the newer folks on that journey together. So we are working together, we're building our experience together. And then at the end of the year, we're coming out of that where we're not injecting new people all the time into a, a program. It's kind of a progression along the year to see how we can help you the most and focus on you guys instead of constantly bringing in some new people and focusing on them and getting like having the same conversations over and over. The coaching calls can build on each other. The accountability groups can build on each other and we can get to know each other a little bit better and have this more like tightly knit tribe that we have. So that was the goal there. So we'll open it up again at Flip Hacking Live this year in uh, October 15th through the 17th. If you guys want to join us, you can go to fliphackinglive.com and check it out. And And I also uh, do plan on uh, joining Seven Figure Flip uh, Runway as well. Uh, Awesome. 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 Well, hopefully our goal, let's get those two flips done. Let's make some profit there. Let's get a bunch more wholesale deals done so you can 10 X that investment and it'll be a no brainer. Right? So, um, yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about, um, you know, putting together some, something as, uh, this kind of, you know, taking all the, you know, as an engineer, taking all the data that we've seen from this first year to see like what's been successful, what, what needs a little bit of work? What did the members like? What didn't they like? And then how can we make this even better for year two? And um, obviously you'll have been an inaugural member, uh, the class 001. And uh, we'll see what we can do on, um, on this next year of how we can make the, the program even better and, uh, and create an opportunity for those who are interested in, in coming along with us. But the first step is just to come, obviously you're listening to the podcast. So um, I appreciate that. And, and then come to Flip Hacking Live, check it out, fliphackinglive.com. And uh, Come spend some time with us and get to know us a little bit. Um, nice. any, any, last, any last things that you want to share for anybody that's listening? Any, any tips that you could have for somebody who's just getting started, who's looking to do their first deal is a little bit, um, I don't know, just maybe a little bit overwhelmed or anything like that? There, it, it is difficult, yet it is worth it. It is possible. Um, uh, once you've uh, done doing your homework, uh, um, don't be afraid to to step out there and, and make it happen. Worst case scenario, you you learn something, <laughs> and you uh, uh, become better for it. Um, and there's a big group of people here ready to help pick you up when you fall. I love it. I love it. Get out there, take some action. Um, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to fail. That's uh, that's your next step in, in uh, on the on the way of progress. So I failed many many times, and I hope I continue to do it because that's the way that I learn. So, um, all right, Nate, thank you so much for joining me. I know that there's some new wholesalers, new flippers, even probably some more experienced people that are excited about getting bank financing at 5% that are going to listen to this and go, oh man, that was a gold, gold nugget. So uh, thanks for spending time with me. And for all of you guys listening, go to fliphackinglive.com, grab your tickets. All right, Nate, thanks. Thanks. I'll see you soon. Hey, it's Bill again. And I want to personally invite you to our biggest event of the year, Flip Hacking Live. If you could copy the exact deal sources, marketing strategies, negotiation tactics, and business systems of the most successful house flippers and wholesalers in the nation, how would that change your business? Flip Hacking Live is a three-day event that we do just once per year, and it's happening October 15th through the 17th. We bring in the nation's top wholesalers and house flippers to walk you through everything they're doing, how they're marketing directly to sellers, how they're picking up discounted off-market properties, how they're doubling their close ratio with the right negotiation tactics, how they're raising millions of dollars in private money, the things they're doing that other investors aren't doing, all of it. These are the guys and gals who are actively doing deals at a high volume in today's market all across the country. You get their full attention for three days. They have agreed to hold nothing back and you'll be right there with them so you can ask questions and get clarification on anything that you need. This is your chance to hack the nation's top flippers and wholesalers and ethically steal their exact strategies and systems. All you have to do is take notes, ask questions, and apply what you learn. But first, you need to get a ticket. We've sold out every year and ticket prices go up every few months. So go to fliphackinglive.com right now and get your tickets today. Fliphackinglive.com, October 15th through the 17th. This is an event that you cannot afford to miss.